You are listening to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast with Monica Louie, episode number 76. Welcome to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast, where we help online entrepreneurs grow their influence, amplify their impact, and scale their businesses all the way to seven figures. And now, here's your host, Monica Louie. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining me for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I'm Monica Louie, and welcome to episode 76. I am so excited to bring you this inspiring interview today. My guest today is one of the most ambitious and productive people I know, and she is well on her way to flourishing to seven figures. But before we dive into the interview, if you're new to the podcast and don't know me yet, then welcome. I am Monica Louie. I'm a Facebook and Instagram ad strategist, and I run a successful ads agency where my team and I manage ads for six and seven figure online businesses. I'm also the creator of Flourish with Facebook ads, which is my online training program that teaches my step-by-step system for creating campaigns that convert. My team and I have managed more than two and a half million dollars in ad spend and served more than 1,000 students and clients. And we are in the trenches every single day, keeping a pulse on what's working now in the world of Facebook and Instagram ads. While I absolutely love teaching about Facebook and Instagram ads, the goal of this podcast is to discuss what it really takes to build a seven-figure online business. As the CEO of your business, you have to believe in yourself. You have to produce results and you have to get out of your own way. My guest on the show today is here to share her inspiring journey from corporate lawyer to certified financial planner to life and business coach with a multiple six-figure online business. And as I said before, she is well on her way to flourishing to seven figures. I'm so excited to have my friend Natalie Bacon on the show. Natalie is a life and business coach, and she's host of the five-star rated Design Your Dream Life podcast. Natalie helps women live intentionally and reignite their lives. Her coaching philosophy is based on rewiring your brain and processing your emotions to create the results you want most in your life. Prior to this, Natalie practiced as a certified financial planner at a firm that managed over $1 billion in assets under management. Before that, Natalie practiced as a corporate lawyer. Natalie has been featured in Forbes, the Huffington Post, CNBC, and more. I just love Natalie so much, and I love her mission for helping women create amazing results in their lives and businesses. So let's get right into it. But before we dive in, I want to make sure you know you can find all the links and resources that are mentioned in today's episode at monicalouie.com slash 76. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-L-O-U-I-E dot com slash the number 76. Natalie Bacon, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. This is such a treat. I'm so excited for our conversation today. Thank you for coming on the Flourish Seven Figures podcast. Monica, I am so happy to be here. I have known you for years and it is just such an honor and pleasure. So thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. So yes, we have known each other for quite a few years in our online journeys. And so I would love for you to start off just by telling people you've made a lot of twists and turns in your career, but Tell people who you are, what you do, and then I want to go back to your story and how you even got into the online business, building your own business world. Yes. So my name is Natalie Bacon. I am a life and business coach over on nataliebacon.com. And I've had a twisted turning journey this whole time. Like you said, I started off as a lawyer and I always wanted to be a lawyer, became a lawyer, big family with education as the focus. My brother's a surgeon. And so it was just very clear early on that I was going to go to law school and become an attorney. And I did that. And then I had a bunch of student loan debt, like 200 grand, $206,000 and decided, oh my, I am not going to be this like rich American dream attorney that I had envisioned early on. So I started a blog that was then called Finance Girl. And that was like the very beginning of what has now become my business. And kind of that's how you and I met was, you know, kind of in the finance space. And and through that journey, I quit practicing law, became a certified financial planner, and then built my business 
about to six figures and then decided to become a life coach. And so now I don't really do the money management as much as I do teaching people how to rewire their brains and all of the life coaching tools. And then also I'll teach some business as well. And that's kind of the the big overview of, of all of the big turns that I've taken. Happy to go into detail into any of that that you think. Yes. I would love to dive in deeper because I mean, that's, those are some big changes. You know, it's not like you just went from job to job, like many of us do in our careers. I mean, you were on the path to become a lawyer. You went through law school, got hundreds and thousands of dollars in debt, you know, invested in this path. And then you decided to make a turn and start a personal finance blog. And so can you talk a little bit more about like where you got this idea to even create a blog in the first place? And I mean, I know that's when you and I worked together and started and met back uh, several years ago, where you were working full time and building your online business on the side and a very demanding career. So can you kind of walk us back a few steps as to you know what led to those decisions and those pivots? Yes. So I was a lawyer for four years and I really felt trapped by my student loan debt initially. And so the pivot to start the blog was probably out of desperation as much as it was out of I need to do something about this and I want to help other women because if I did quote unquote everything right, then certainly there are other people like me who would want to hear about this. Now, to give you some context, I didn't read blogs. I knew nothing about entrepreneurs. No one in my family is an entrepreneur, you know, doctors, like just education's a big thing. So I honestly, I can't even tell you why. I thought I should start a blog. I just thought, had the thought, I should start a blog about this. And so I just did it, but I didn't do it thinking that it would make money. I did it kind of thinking that I would share my journey and I would share what I was learning and kind of help other people learn the same things. And it was always about finance and intentional living. I kind of had that part of it back then, even before I was a life coach, I have a philosophy minor. So I've just always been interested in mind work and and philosophy. So I started this blog just talking about what I was doing and, and looking back at it, I I have so much nostalgia for that time because you just have no idea what you're doing and you're writing these blog posts that are, you know, pretty bad or at best, they're just kind of basic content that you could find anywhere. And what I did was I just started to pay attention to the market without even knowing anything about marketing. I saw other bloggers who were doing it too. And then I would comment on their blogs and then I would reach out to them. And then I went to conferences, right? And I met people there and quickly, like very quickly, I learned that people make money from their blogs and pretty much instantly I was thinking, okay, I should, I should try to do this. And at the time I was working as an attorney full-time at a law firm, not, you know, part-time for the government as an attorney, which sometimes those attorney jobs can have a little bit more flexibility with time. Like I was working. So I say that to know that it really was a lot of work, but I think that the emotion driving you and driving your goals is what's most important. So later on, I ended up transitioning to CFP and I would get up at 4am and I would work on my business before work, but I never felt burned out. Like burnout isn't a result of working too much. It's a result of the emotion you feel that drives you when you're working. So I coach a lot of people on business. And if you have fun and love the process you can work 18 hours a day. And now I'm not saying that every season you want to be doing that, but there's such a difference between being lit up and working that much and not feeling burned out, but feeling like, man, that was a day. (laughs) Like I slayed today versus, um, not enjoying the process and really having so much resistance to it. And so you're exhausted at the end of the day and you really don't want to be doing that. And you're looking forward to rushing to the results. And I think that's where burnout happens. Like you've 
you've now transitioned into doing something where that emotion that's driving you is a negative emotion. So I've been, you know, working on this for years and in the beginning years, it was a lot of hustle, but from a place of like inspiration and loving it. And it was a big deal when I transitioned out of law, right? You're telling your family, like I'm quitting. And I wasn't out of debt then. I I don't remember exactly how much I still had, but it was significant. I want to say like at least a hundred grand left. And I was taking a 50% pay cut to become a certified financial planner. And my reasoning there was, you know, I really had fallen in love with this subject of money through my blog and being a CFP allowed me to really use those skills and become an expert and like go on this new journey where I felt like I was really helping people with their money. And it was great. Like whenever anyone asks me, I highly recommend that career and that career path. I had a really good experience. I worked for a really reputable registered investment advisory firm and I I wouldn't trade it. Like I loved that. And then it got to a point where I was growing in that career about three years later where, you know, it was time to make the decision. Do I continue with this or continue with my business? Because I had kept my business going that whole time and kind of building it and learning, okay, you know, making money a little bit with affiliates, making money with my own courses. And you're just kind of winging it out there, like seeing what works. My firm did a great job in trying to kind of balance their, their needs and compliance with my desire for this website. And really it just came to a decision where I had to make one or the other And I chose to go all in on me and I quit and I still had, gosh, I wish I knew the numbers. I don't know how much student loan debt I had when I quit to go all in, but it was significant. It was definitely, I'd guess 50 grand or something like that. And I, I just did it and I've never looked back. Like, obviously I've paid off all my debt. My business hopefully will be half a million this year, just past 400 K and I don't work as much anymore. So my identity is really shifted. I have a team now and it's so interesting. You think when you're making $0 or even a few grand a month, or even, you know, eight grand a month and you hit that six figures, you think like, this is going to be it. Or when you get there and when you arrive and really what I've learned is you still have the difficulties. It's just in a different flavor. So it's like single people problems versus married people problems. You know, you're single, you want to get married and you get married. And all that happens is you just trade your single person problems for married people problems. And I find the same to be true in business. So I don't work as much and I'm not getting up at 4am. Certainly I'm not hustling like that but learning the skills of being a CEO and managing a team and and training a team has really been it's kind of the phase that I'm in right now that I have to give myself a pat on the back has actually been going really well but it's been going well and it's also been really hard <laughs> so and i i think that's something that will continue right as every evolution of ourselves and every identity shift there's the next set of problems. And I think if you know that you're not really in a rush to get over there, like my next big goal is a million. And it's, I don't think that all the problems sort of go away over there. I just think there are different sets of problems. And again, it goes back to that emotion driving me that is a positive emotion that I have fun with it, that I love it. I love my clients and I, I enjoy the process. And I don't think that over there will be better. I love all of that. I mean, it, and it's been so fun to watch you and to follow along and and to, to see your growth in your business. Because when you and I, we worked together, so you were one of my, back when I was doing full-time Facebook ads coaching, you're one of my clients. And I just remember that's when you were working full-time and you'd work on your business in the morning. And then you and I would meet in the evenings and you'd work on your business and move things along. And I just remember you're so productive and just really determined. So with the, you know, you talk a lot about the emotions driving you. Did you have, and nowadays I, I follow along on your podcast and you talk a lot about your future self and being very future focused. Back then, before you found life coaching and, and went this path, were you very focused on the future and what your goal was that you were shooting for? Or what really were you thinking about that was keeping you going and pulling those, those long days and moving the, your business forward and you know, not feeling the burnout? What, what, what were you focused on at that time? 
Yeah. I think just from a very young age, my dad told me, you don't have to be the smartest. You just have to keep going. So I was never a straight A student. I took zero AP courses and my brother is just naturally really gifted, like from an IQ perspective. So I just had to work harder and it kind of, I don't know if you're familiar with like the Carol Dweck mindset book where we're talking about a growth mindset and I really just have a growth mindset. And I, I think it's because, you know, my dad just told me, Hey, like if it's harder for you, that doesn't mean you can't be successful. So I passed the bar the first time I was a lawyer, right? The CFP exam, I failed the first time. I was like blogging, working full-time and trying to study for the CFP exam. And I failed it. And I remember seeing fail on the screen when, when I checked it. And my first thought was, it should say, try again. Like I didn't even think that I couldn't have that in my future. I didn't feel burned out. I was always thinking like, okay, well, there's got to be a different way. I can try a different way. Whenever I would say, you know, to my dad, like, oh, what if it doesn't work out? Or what if I fail? Or what if he would just say, so what? You try again. <laughs> he would say that with dating too. It was always like, oh, well, there's another guy. Like, you know, the the message from him was there's always more in your future if that's what you want. And so I really carried that with me in the beginning stages. And being productive is as a skill that I learned that I think is a little bit different than having that like determination and grit. Cause you can really be determined and have that grit and not produce anything. You can kind of like be busying, which is what I call it now, where you're like frantic and kind of like doing the, the activity a lot. Like, like the, an example would be, let's say you want to look for a new job. And so you spend hours researching and you're really determined, but what have you produced? How many jobs have you actually applied for? So for me, it's like seeing that end result, like, okay, I need to apply for 10 jobs today. And that's my tracker versus spending time busying. And just that little shift is a life changer. So how do you, I'd love to talk about how you manage your time. And because I, I mean, as, as I mentioned, you're super productive, super motivated, super focused and very intentional with how you are spending your time, where you're spending your energy. And so can you talk a little bit about how you are planning your weeks now, maybe versus back then as you were growing and really getting things off the ground, how has that changed over, over the time and what tips do you have to make sure that we're focused on the right things and use our our energy on what's going to actually move us forward? Yeah. The first thing that's so important is for you to make the decisions for yourself. So I knew back then what I wanted, and I was very clear about looking to other people who had the result I wanted for advice. So if I would have just leaned on people who like really loved me and, and really meant well, but who didn't have the result I wanted, I wouldn't be where I am today. So for example, like friends and family will say things like, you're going to get so burned out, take a break. Oh, you shouldn't have to work that much. And, and they mean, well, it's so hard because they don't say it from a place of wanting to sabotage you, but if you listen to it, you will sabotage yourself. So I was really clear in the beginning of knowing what I wanted and seeing like, that's great for them. That's like, that's the life they want. And so for me, it was deciding, okay, the life that I want is to be an entrepreneur what's that going to take? I think like after you go through law school and you pass the bar and you, or any sort of professional school, there's a different sense of expectation with work ethic. So for me, I never felt like it was too much or like I needed a break. Like in law school, you don't get to just say, I need a break. You're like in the library. I mean, I think I studied over 12 hours a day for three months straight for the bar exam, like every single day. And you build that capacity to work. And that doesn't mean you want to overwork, but you just want to recognize the season that you're in. So for me early on, I said, okay, I'm in a season where I want to build a business from the ground up. No investors, just me and my laptop. So my season, this is like starting law school. So for the next three years, it's go time, right? And that's pretty much what I did. And then 
you graduate law school and you get a job and then it shifts, right? It's same with like medical school or something like that. And so I really viewed it that way. And I think it's a helpful analogy. So I never felt entitled to take breaks and go on vacation. And it didn't cross my mind because I didn't even want them. Like I was so passionate about it early on. And it's interesting. You just have to be careful because you really have to have a huge identity shift to go from the hustler worker bee that's creating this, like you're the solopreneur to an entrepreneur, to a CEO of a team. Now, I think it's easier to go from that sort of hustler energy to the more relaxed and the other way around, because it's kind of fun to have time off. And, and what my schedule looks like now, I mean, I don't get up before six ever, which is great. I am very intentional about the season that I'm in. So the first step is like, what season am I in? What result do I want? Like, what resources do I have? So if you have kids, like, is there childcare? And really just kind of leaning into your own decision-making for that. And I think at the heart of planning is decision-making ahead of time. So what I teach is that your, your prefrontal cortex, it's the most human part of your brain. It's why my puppy Penny is not planning her weekend, but I am. So when we plan from that part of our brain, we make the best decisions in our best interest. So if you plan your calendar at least 24 hours in advance, I like to do it once a week and I have my calendar planned several weeks in advance, but I have it like I kind of look at it and make sure everything's good to go on a, on a Sunday. But if you have that plan to head at least 24 hours in advance, you're, you're making decisions from your highest self. Whereas in the moment it, it's like, you want the French fries. <laughs> if you're at a restaurant and you see French fries, you want them. And that's your primitive brain. And that primitive brain is kind of like a a toddler. It always wants to seek the pleasure and avoid the pain in the moment and be really efficient and conserve energy. So in practical terms, what this means is when your alarm goes off at 5 a.m., your brain's like, no, conserve energy and get more sleep, right? Or no, we're not going to work tonight. We're going to relax. We deserve it. We earned it. We're going to watch Netflix. And it's so sneaky. So I say plan, 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 at least 24 hours in advance. And now you can always replan. So let's say you plan, okay, I'm going to work. I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. and work from, you know, six to eight before my day gets started. You can do that for a couple of days and then say, okay, that worked a little bit, but actually I want to move that to the evening. Like you can always change your plan. You just never want to do it in the moment where it's that toddler brain. And the reason that that's important is because you'll reinforce that pattern of not following through with what you say you're going to do. It's kind of like budgeting where it's really easy to teach someone how to budget. Right? It's like, don't spend more than you make. Decide ahead of time where you want your money to go. The hard part is following through. And that has to do more with your relationship with yourself and allowing discomfort in the moment. That discomfort comes from the resistance that you feel when you want the French fries instead of the salad, when you want to watch Netflix instead of work on your business, when you want to have a glass of wine instead of go for that run that you put on your calendar. So really knowing all of that helps me kind of win <laughs> at planning. And again, once it's a habit, it's just done. Like my hat or my um, calendar runs my life and I feel so free because of that. I don't feel trapped or smothered or anything like that. And I think the biggest tip that I would have if you're just starting out and you're not planning or you have thoughts like, oh, that takes away all the spontaneity from my life. And, oh, that sounds boring is to look at the results that you have. And typically when I hear that from clients, they don't have the results that they want. And so instead of you know, kind of listening to this podcast and saying, okay, I'm just going to plan everything. And then, you know, doing it for two days because you were motivated and then not following through. I say, start really small and just meet yourself where you are. So you decide, okay, every day going forward from 5 PM to 5 30, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And you really decide how you want to think about that time and how you want to feel. And you do what you say you're going to do in that time, no matter what. And 
expect resistance, expect that toddler brain to kind of freak out, but do it anyway. And if you do that every day, let's say for a month, now your brain has all this evidence that you're someone who follows through with what they say they're going to do. And then from the 30 minutes, you can add on from there. I love that. I've been planning my calendar like that, where I'm, you know, I have my meetings obviously on my calendar, but then I'm also noting my tasks that I'm doing, you know, in this block of 30 minutes, I'm getting this done in this, in this block, I'm doing this in this block, I'm planning for this. And so I've been doing that, but I find that those times when I kind of get behind or I, you know, just neglect to do that, to do that, that planning up front, then I feel like, oh my gosh, I've got so much to do. And I feel a little bit overwhelmed. Whereas when I just take a little bit of time to map out, okay, this is when I'm going to do it. This is what's realistic. I'm, not, I'm only going to put on my plate, you know, what I can actually get done and still have time for my family and still have time to work out and, and still have time to eat lunch. Then that's when I start to feel more in control. So I, I think that's a great tip. I love that because if you are not currently doing that, then I would suggest that you follow Natalie's advice and just try it out and be realistic with yourself up front and you know start small, like she said. But I think that is a that's a great tactic that we can all implement. Yeah, definitely. It's a life changer. You really end up creating the results and achieving the goals you want without much drama or stress about it. Like you just do what you say you're going to do on your calendar and you achieve these goals and you still had time to read books and to do other things. And instead of feeling like you're always putting out fires and kind of always behind in that energy, if that's what you're fueling, it will lead you to kind of that burnout feeling. Right. And think about what it what is coming up that is kind of derailing you. Like I need to add time into my day, block out time where I'm checking in with my team and answering their questions or asking them questions or, you know, seeing if there's anything they need from me so that I'm not being the roadblock and them getting their work done. So, you know, you'll you'll learn those things along the way. But I love that also as you train your brain to realize that you're somebody who follows through and gets things done. To me, that's how, that's a great way to build confidence. And because you have that belief in yourself that you are somebody who says that they're going to do, you know, you're going to do what you say you're going to do. And then you know that you can trust yourself. So can you speak a little bit more about building confidence and overcoming self-doubt. I know that's a big hurdle that a lot of us feel as we're growing our businesses and, and taking our businesses to the next level. So we we kind of overcome it in the beginning as we're getting our businesses off the ground. But then when we're looking to scale up and, and go to the next level, we feel that resistance again. So can you speak to that a little bit? Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad you're asking about this because I find it is such a pervasive problem. I think that we make self-doubt mean something about our ability to succeed and how it's going to stop us and how it means slow down or take a break or quit. Like maybe I'm just not cut out for this. Maybe it's not going to happen for me. And those sentences, those thoughts, what's happening there is you're making your business like your identity. And the truth is that you are 100% worthy all of the time. And the reason that someone might not be buying is because maybe there's something with your offer that they don't like. So let's change your offer. I like to remind myself in those moments that people aren't buying me. <laughs> They're like buying the solution to their own problem. And so there's no reason to ever doubt me as a person because I'm not the solution, like me as a human, right? I'm like delivering their solution in a course or in a program or something. So oh, maybe I need to change my offer a little bit, or maybe I need to change the copy. And then when you see that it's really not about you at all, it's just about them and it's about serving them and has nothing to do with you. It's actually so empowering and freeing because it releases you from thinking that you have to be something different than who you are in order to be successful and achieve your goals. I see a lot of people, especially who haven't hit six figures yet, who think that they need to be and become better and a different version of themselves as a person in order to make six figures. And they can end up focusing so much on their self-worth that they miss that 
you know, the reason someone pays you has nothing to do with your value. It has to do with your economic value and the difference. So when people say get paid what you're worth, I'm like, I like cringe a little. I'm like, I know what they mean, but it's, it's your economic worth. It's not your human worth. And if you just remember, oh yeah, I'm 100% worthy. And so are you. And so is everyone else. And so are my clients and customers. And um, so are my mentors and no one is above or below. Then it kind of releases this sense of I need to be better than or improve myself. And instead it's about the solution and the service to the person. I think with confidence, it's similar, but I, I would are you <laughs> like to suggest that a lot of people don't realize that they even have a confidence problem. And so I think that's the hard part about confidence is because most people, especially entrepreneurs, we're not really going around saying I lack self-confidence, like maybe sometimes, but I think the bigger problem is that we don't have the awareness that we're lacking self-confidence. So write down all of your thoughts about your business, about your dream client, your, you know, ideal client avatar about yourself and really get clear about what you're choosing to believe. Because a lot of times we have these subtle thoughts that are so harmful and we would never think them about people we love and admire and respect Another exercise you can do is to write down what you want your client avatar to be thinking about you. So I used to have one actually that where I would think, oh, they don't really want me to be posting that much on social media. And I didn't, I wouldn't consciously say this out loud, but it wasn't until I coached myself that I saw, oh my gosh, I am thinking this. So then I'm not showing up and you know, I always like to think of social media as like your open sign for your business. And so when I saw that I was thinking that, and that that was causing me to not show up fully, I switched it immediately. It wasn't one I had to do a lot of work on. I just said, no, I want to think that my clients want me to lead them on social media. They want me to show up and you can do the same thing with them paying you. Like I love to think like my clients love to pay me. And so it just, it's, it takes a little bit more intentionality because I don't think our brain defaults to thinking those really positive thoughts. Instead, we kind of make it all about ourselves and our self-worth. And it really has nothing to do with that at all. You can see that in the marketplace. If you see lots of successful people making lots of money who have, have done the personal development work and are really evolved, for lack of a better word, and then others who are not interested in that at all and who maybe are having a really hard time personally. And what that shows you is how really it comes down to the economic value you're providing in the marketplace. And so I just like, even for my own personal journey, you know, on the way to a million, I remind myself, it's not me that I'm, that I'm selling, right? It's, it's my service to them. It's my leadership. It's the solution to their problem. That's, that's what people really care about. And it kind of helps you get over that ego and have a little bit more compassion for yourself and not let that self-doubt mean anything about you. I'm like, oh yeah, we're, we're here. <laughs> if self-doubt's here, we're just going to do it anyway and kind of follow through with that plan, knowing that, that it's okay to feel negative emotion. It doesn't have to mean slow down, take a break or quit. I love that because then you can, you, when you realize that you can be more intentional with your thoughts and really select the thoughts that are going to serve you, that's what's really going to help fuel your growth and moving forward. Yeah. Just awareness of them. Awareness of the thoughts I think is so helpful to grow a business and really to achieve any goal. I think that, yeah, anytime, anywhere that you're struggling then maybe, you know, take the time to examine your thoughts about it. And then you might reveal something, you know, just like Natalie shared with us, you might reveal something to yourself that you didn't realize you had an underlying thought, but it's really not serving you and it's holding you back. A hundred percent. It happens to me all the time. And I've been doing this for years and coaching other clients and coaching myself. And we always have these thoughts that are subconscious. And it's like, 
it's like cleaning, right? I think of the analogy of, you know, you have the cleaning ladies come and they clean your house every two weeks, right? But they come back a week or two weeks later because it's dirty again. It's like the same thing in your brain, unless you're getting those thoughts out on paper, over time, your brain gets messy again, just like your house gets messy. So self-coaching or, or, you know, getting a life coach, it can change your life. And how often do you recommend that we do this, this cleaning? Yeah, at least once a week, but it doesn't have to be long and it doesn't have to be complicated. Like you can, I think especially, so once a week at a minimum, and then anytime you're going through something and you kind of feeling a lot of negative emotion, So let's say you're really burned out or you're stressed, or it could be, you know, you're fighting with your sister-in-law. It could be anything. That's a cue. Okay. I want to really see what's going on in my brain and check in with myself. And one of the easiest things that you can do is just write down what happened, write down your thoughts about what happened and get it all out on paper and then like do nothing, just, just read it and read it back. And I call it kind of doing inquiry where you're looking at your own thoughts and getting some space without judging and without beating yourself up and just kind of noticing, oh my gosh, this is, this is what my brain is thinking. Like, let's have compassion for my brain, but also decide intentionally, do I want to keep this thought? Is this serving me? I think just the exercise of writing it down and kind of reading it to yourself can be powerful without knowing any other coaching tools on top of it. I I find that when I take the time to do that and I clear out what is being jumbled up in my head, I feel so much better after. And then I can look at it objectively too and say, well, so I obviously, you know, I'm having an issue that I want to resolve here. That's why I'm feeling, you know, anxiety or something. And so how can I make this better? What can I do to change? And usually then the answer starts to come to me a little bit, at least what I can do to take control of the situation and feel better about things. Yes. Every time I'm telling you, it's like, it's so crazy. It really does work. Just writing it down like that. So I want to talk to you about goal setting and you say that we should, maybe not should, but you, you like to teach about setting and achieving impossible goals rather than realistic goals. So we, when this episode comes out, it'll be going into November. So looking at, you know, wrapping up this, you know, crazy year of 2020 and going into a new year, which will hopefully be a fresh start for all of us. And so what are what is your advice for goal setting? How do you approach goal setting? How do you work with your clients and, and your members and grow you about goal setting? What, what do you teach there? Yeah. So I read this book called the last word on power. I think it's by Tracy gloss, I think is her last name. It's an older book. It's a little bit harder to read. It is so powerful. And in it, she talks about impossible goals and transforming yourself. And she talks about it a little bit more in the context of companies. And I really applied this to individuals. And I think that when you set a realistic goal, it's fine. It gives your brain something to focus on. If you, if you follow through, you might get a little dopamine hit. And I do think you can make better what is already okay or good. Here's the thing. If I would have set realistic goals, like, okay, let's pay off my student loan debt in 10 or 15 years and let's work as an attorney and let's, you know, like very much on the path I was already on, I would have just maybe improved what path I was on compared to setting goals that are impossible to you when you set them. So five years ago, if you would have said, you know, set the goal of making half a million dollars and you have a team and you've paid off all your debt, like that was impossible at the time. And you kind of know if it's impossible, if it scares you a little bit, you know, of course, sometimes people will say, well, should I, you know, in my lifetime, I want to make 25 million. And when I teach goal setting, I want you to have that big vision for your life, but I also want you to set one impossible goal for the year. So we do this in January and grow you where we spend the month talking about and teaching how to do this, but you really just choose something that 
is impossible for the year for you. So a really good example would be for myself. So it would be a million dollar goal for next year because, you know, at the time we're recording this, my business is about a half a million dollar business. So a million dollars in a year, like that's doubling it, right? If you talk about like realistic goals, it might be more like, okay, I just want to grow maybe 10% or 20% to really double it is going to require a transformation. And so the whole point of the impossible goal isn't, it's, it's not necessarily to get the end result. Like it is cool to do that, but it's, you know, it's not to get the million dollars. It's, it's to require so much of yourself that you transform who you are. Like all your stuff comes up. You are really having to create a new way of doing things. It's kind of like what I did when I went from this side hustler with my blog, working in the morning before work and kind of all day and night, like that identity to transition from that to what I am now, that's an impossible goal where my future right then as the hustler person had to look so different than what I had created in the past and what I was familiar with. And it requires you to create a new vision and a new identity where you think and feel differently. And the path to get there is so transformative that it it's so worth it. It's like this deep sense of <laughs> this deep journey where you get a sense of self at the other side, like regardless of whether you achieve it or not. So let's say like I set the million dollar goal for next year, which I will. And let's say I make like 750,000 instead of a million, right? I don't consider that a fail. Like, did I technically miss the mark of that impossible goal? Yes. But the, the thing you want to do here is you want to focus on believing so hard all the way through December 31st of that next year. So that on December <laughs> on Christmas, right? On December 25th, all the way to the 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, you are believing that you can still create it because what happens is we will ahead of time decide that we're going to fail. So, so let's say it was December 1st. And I set the million dollar goal and I made 750K. And what most people would do is they would say, okay, well, I'm not going to hit the goal this year. So let's start thinking about planning next year. Right. And we do this and we don't realize we still have a month left. Even if you don't hit the million dollars at the end, so much magic happens when you push yourself in that space and you create from your brain and, and you think and you imagine and you you think okay if i did create this result how would i do that how would i create 250k in a month and you just stretch yourself beyond your wildest imagination in a way that continues to blow my mind honestly it's so much more rewarding than setting realistic goals and it has really nothing to do with the actual outcome of whatever goal it is that you set and this applies to money and business and health and weight loss and really all of it that's so exciting. I love I love the goal setting and the planning stage and the dreaming and figuring out how well what we really want and then setting our sights high enough that you know even if we miss the mark that we're still going to blow our minds as to what we've achieved. So I want to encourage everybody to think about that going into this new year, you know, what what is an impossible goal for you and set that goal and then be open to figuring out how to achieve that. So once you set this impossible goal, then what is your strategy for actually making it happen and kind of up-leveling yourself or your business to be on the path to achieve that goal? What comes next? Yeah. The most important thing that you do next is you get into the energy of having done whatever it is you set out to do. So most people want to do the opposite and they stay stuck in the how they're like, okay, I'll create a million dollar business. Tell me how. And so all of their energy is about, I don't know, tell me how, and that's what they attract more of. And that's what they create. It's, I don't know if I'm doing this right. I don't know how maybe I'll do this. And it's, it kind of comes from this like hope energy, like, Oh, I hope it works out as if something outside of them creates the results. So when you're in that energy, it feels confusing and you can feel really stuck and you don't make progress. Okay. What you want to do is you want to 
shift your energy to the place where you've already achieved the result. And the way you do this is you imagine, really imagine, I think with your eyes closed at first until you can kind of get to that place, because with our vision, we have so much sensory input. It can be hard to kind of imagine with your eyes open if you haven't yet ever felt the energy that you want. So you can do this with everything. It's like, I'm going to be getting married next year. And I go to the place of my wedding day and really imagine how I want to feel and deciding on purpose what that's like. And you can do that if you're giving a speech and you can do it. If you want to lose weight, you can do it for anything in the future that you want to create. So for money and for business and for, let's say my million dollar goal, what I am doing right now. And what I'll continue to do is to get into the energy by imagining I've already created this million dollar business. My revenue is already a million dollars a year. I have, you know, however many members in grow you, I create revenue with this other, you know, new program that I'm coming out with. And you, it's like, you already have completed the goal and that's the energy that you take action from. And that's how you create it. People think that it's the other way around, but I promise you it's this way. And I've done this. I even did this without knowing this is what I was doing in the beginning when I wasn't at six figures. I did this to get to six figures when I said, I'm just going to expect that I'm going to be at six figures. And I started taking action. Like one of the first things I had done at that time was I got hair extensions. And I thought just, just a simple example that has nothing to do with business and even value. It was me living in the energy of it's already done. I already created it. This is how I operate. And it's crazy. You attract that result. So regardless of what your impossible goal is, or like I said, if it's something else, like you have a speech coming up or you have a run or you're getting married or whatever it is, you want to visualize and imagine that you've already completed it and that it's that day and, and you choose that energy on purpose and you then take action because that energy that you already have completed it, it's already done. I like to say it's as good as done. That energy is so different than the, I don't know, tell me how I'm confused energy right? And that's when you know what actions to take because your brain, like when I think of having a million dollar business, I think, okay, well I do this differently and I do this. And so when you operate from having done it, that's what I need to do. I'm like, oh, I need to do this and I need to do that. And that's how you create it. I love it. So I'd love to know what kind of habits. We talked about cleaning, cleaning out your thoughts and and becoming more aware of them. What other habits should we be adopting personally and professionally to continue kind of fueling us becoming our future selves and the CEO of seven figure businesses? That's what we're building here on the Flourish Seven Figures podcast. So what other habits would you suggest? embracing discomfort. (laughs) So on the one hand, I'm always teaching kind of the goal setting and the planning and the future self. And that's 50% of it. The other 50% of it is emotional work where people get a little bit like, Oh, do I really need to do that? Or what? You know, I don't know, but I'm telling you, if you don't do this work, you're always going to be running from the hard things. And so I teach and believe is that you really want to allow your emotions and notice them. And it kind of goes to a little bit of the self, the self-talk, right? So if you're feeling frustrated, are you allowing that frustration or are you trying to push it away and avoid it? Do you go have a glass of wine to feel better? Do you avoid the disappointment by eating whatever or watching Netflix or scrolling social media? And you don't realize that it's getting in the way of your success when you're escaping like this, but it 1000% is. So I quit drinking, God, almost a year ago. I just did it because in my future self letters that I would write, I was a non-drinker. So I didn't get in any trouble. Like there was no thing other than that. And so I don't really identify as someone who's like sober. I keep alcohol in the home for guests, Steve drinks still. So it's not like a big thing for me. It's just something that I don't want to do in my life anymore. And what I realized was that 
when you take away the thing that you previously used to escape those negative emotions, what you're left with is your life. And you really very early on and very clearly see the authenticity of your life. And a lot of times we don't like it. And so it's the hardest work that I teach because, you know, when you're, when you're teaching goal setting, it's like, okay, on the other side of this is the weight loss or is the, is the money or whatever is the relationship. But when I teach, you know, to kind of remove the escaping, whether it's scrolling social media or sugar or alcohol, what you're left with is an enormous amount of discomfort and it's okay. (laughs) So what I teach is how to process that discomfort. And so for anyone listening, I would just as a very beginner first step is to, is to notice the negative emotions that you feel and notice your reaction to them and notice how you try to avoid them. Cause it's a very primitive thing in our brains to want to avoid pain. And, you know, for good reason, if something's thrown at our head, we duck so that we survive. Right. But 9.9 times out of 10 during the day, something's not being thrown at our head. Instead, we're feeling the discomfort of, you know, our disappointment after not hitting the, you know, revenue goal or the webinar count that we wanted. And so learning how to feel and how to allow that discomfort without making it mean anything about your future and what you want and about your life is equally as important as everything else. So as we are allowing the discomfort, how is that going to fit into helping us achieve our goal of growing our business? Okay. So where is that going to come up for us? Most likely. So let's take an example of you deciding that you are going to really get into webinars and you're going to use webinars to sell your course. Okay. So um, do this, you create the webinar, you send out emails, you're so excited and you get on the webinar and there are two people who show up, okay? Two people show up to your webinar. You do the webinar and after the webinar, you are disappointed and you feel negative emotion. So all that happened was two people showed up. And one way of looking at it is this is a learning experience. I got to help two people. It's only up from here, right? But our natural tendency is like, that's a bummer. I wanted 200 people to show up, right? So if you know how to allow that disappointment and not make it mean anything, right? So what most people do is they internalize that disappointment and make it mean they're not cut out for this. Maybe webinars isn't the answer and this isn't going to work and making that negative emotion mean something about them. It's where you will save yourself from self-sabotaging. So if you understand this work, then you can say, okay, I'm feeling disappointment. I need to allow the emotion and really let it pass before I take action. So I like to say it's a feeling to feel. It's not a problem to solve. And then you wait until the next day and you have a clear head and you say, okay, now what? What do I want to make this mean? Right. I remember in the beginning of stay in shelter and the pandemic, and everyone was, you know, really worried about their businesses. And I really decided to separate out any sort of worry or fear or negative emotion from what I wanted to create and how I wanted to show up. And so knowing that you create your emotion and you have the capacity to feel any emotion is so valuable because it allows you to really have a lot of resilience as the world changes, which you absolutely need to have as a business owner. That's great. Okay. Thank you for that. I I appreciate that. So as you, you know, as you transition from a $500,000 business to a million dollar business, what is working right now for you in your business? What has helped you get to this point? And then what are you looking to change as you take your business to the next level? Oh my God, such a good question. So what helped me get from 100K to 500K was building a team. So I heard it somewhere recently. I cannot remember who it was from. And they said, you're not competing with who you think you're competing with. So you're not competing with 
Monica Louie, you're competing with her team. So you're not competing with Tony Robbins, you're competing with Tony Robbins team. And it was an aha moment for me. And I really have found that to be true, that the better my team is, the higher quality, the better I am at leading them, the more I have the time to focus in my zone of genius, to create the content to be where I need to be and to be that lead lead marketer for sure and then lead visionary. So from 100K to 500K, it was a total shift from solopreneur to entrepreneur. It was, okay, this is a company. This is me as the leader of the company. This is me leading this team. And that is an entirely new skill set. I really you know, I got, I got to give myself credit for the last year. It's hard work and just building that team and the processes and all of it. It's so worth it, but it's something that you don't really expect, especially when you're going from zero to six figures. Right. And then I would say my 500 K to a million journey. And this is just for me is totally a different offer. So I spent a lot of time in the past having multiple offers that were about the same price. So let's just say, I don't know, three to five courses that were in the like 200 to $600 range. And what I didn't realize at the time was like each one of those programs is its own business. So for me, the next level is that higher backend offer. So Grow You is my life coaching program. It's a monthly membership for an entire year of coaching with me. It's under a thousand dollars. Okay. It's a steal. I think from 500K to a million, it is my next backend offer that will be a much higher priced product program, right? It'll be um, starting at $5,000. And for me, that's a big change. Um, I know for a lot of people, a lot of other coaches, they kind of laugh at me. They're like, that's still so low, but I'm used to selling at the $200 price point. So I think for me, that's the next thing, but I've been really careful about constraining and making sure that I am really focused. Like I spent the last year getting just that one program of grow you right and it is, it is growing and it's awesome. And it feels so good to have that systematized and I'm in there and I'm coaching, you know, and just growing. And for me, the next kind of offer that funnel, that ladder is to have that higher priced program where I have even bigger offers and better offers. So I like to really underprice my stuff. So it's really easy to sell. So it's a selling strategy that I use. I want my clients and customers to feel like they've really hit the jackpot. Like they're getting $10,000 worth of coaching for the price of a thousand. And so um, really just creating this next program that is its own business in the way that I've created Grow You. This Grow You is the life coaching. The creator program is the business program. And then just having those two offers and that's it. You know, in the beginning, you're kind of creating eBooks and courses and you're doing everything to see what works and what your, what your people want. And so sort of finding that and focusing on building the email list and sending more offers. So, you know, you have more yeses, those emails and those offers lead to the yeses. And that's how you can grow vertically instead of growing horizontally, which I don't think is fun (laughs) with like six different offers where it's just harder to build upwards. Well, I like that intentionality around it because I mean, I've, I've taught this too, where if you have so many different offers, you're not only, you know, complicating things for yourself and managing those different offers, but you're also making things more complex for your potential customer when you have a very clear path about this, then this, or this is the main program. And then like for you, if you are a business owner, you might want to be looking at this program next. It makes it just a very simple decision. You know, is this right for me or is it not? I would love for you to share a little bit about what is in Grow You because I've looked at that program and it is incredible what you have in there. And as you said, it is a steal. I completely agree with that. So I'd love for you to just share with the audience a little bit about what's in there, but then also 
share where else that people can go and follow you. You've got an amazing podcast that I love to listen to. So talk about Grow You, talk about your podcast, and then anything else that you want to slip in there as well. Thank you. So yeah, if you want to kind of get some free life coaching, Design Your Dream Life podcast, if you just go to Design Your Dream Life dot com or design your dream life podcast.com or you know my website you'll find the podcast I give a lesson every single week and it's my most fun time I get to provide that kind of for free and it's just as valuable as anything else I just also package this coaching inside of grow you where it's really like having a gym membership but for your mind So there's lots of different things in there and you don't have to do all of it. It's kind of like going to a real gym where you just pick what you want to do. So one of the features in there is 24 seven written coaching and all of the questions and answers are published and they're published anonymously. So you can see what other people are asking and all of the answers, right? And we have coaches and they're answering them. There are three, there's going to be soon four weekly calls at different times during the week about different topics and you can come get coached by me or another certified life coach. That's kind of the main part of it. So a lot of people want coaching with me and the way that I'm able to coach so many people is that I've done it in the format of a membership site. So I can coach a lot more women for a much lower price instead of doing like a one-to-one offer where, you know, there'd be a wait list and it would be harder and it'd be more expensive. I can just help so many more for, for less money. And we do a monthly topic. So every month I release a new course and a workbook. So this month, right at the time we're recording this, it's productivity and time management. Next month is money and then relationships and every single life topic that's applicable to everyone is covered in the course of a year. And then there are bonus courses that are a little bit more niche down. So there's one on weight loss. There's one on entrepreneurship. There's one on how to coach yourself and processing emotions. And there's one on coming up on money mindset. And so it's really become this hub of all of my life coaching tools and my personal development work. And what I love about it is that it is a membership. So I continue to grow and I continue to make it better. Like it's so fun for me to have this instead of just having it as a lifetime access course. It just works so much better for me this way and for everyone using it because they're getting updates all the time. They love it. People usually stay over a year. I just sent my my platinum members their gifts, um, get little gift boxes after a year. And I don't know. I just, it was a lot of work getting it up and running. It's a whole new membership platform. It's a whole new program, but I'm obsessed with it. And I'm obsessed with the work because for me, like what drives me is helping people, helping people change their lives because this work changed my life. So all of the things we've talked about today, I'm applying to my life. And then to be able to share that with women at a really reasonable cost, there's no better work that I would want to be doing. And I'm just so proud and honored to be able to do that and call that my job. I just, I love it. I love it too. And I've, I absolutely love what you've put together. And I think that for those of us who want to grow these successful businesses online, you should definitely, you know, you're probably like Natalie and me and love personal development and all of this and becoming your best self. And that's exactly what Natalie teaches you. And she goes into all of these different areas that affect your life. But then also, as we know, what's working in our lives will also, or not working in our lives will also affect how we work in our businesses. So I invite you to check it out. We'll put all the links in the show notes, but Natalie, I want to thank you so much for your time today and for sharing all your wisdom with us and your journey and all the twists and turns. This is such a pleasure. It's always great to chat with you, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Monica. There is no one I would rather have spent this hour with. I appreciate you so, so, so much. Thank you. Such a great interview. Natalie is such an inspiration. I want to thank Natalie once again for joining me on the podcast today and sharing her journey and wisdom with us. Be sure to check out her podcast. It is one of my favorites. It's called Design Your Dream Life, and I know that you're going to love it as much as I do. Natalie and I would love to hear your biggest takeaways from this interview. Share those with us in the comments at monicalouie.com slash 76 or tag us on Instagram. I'm at Flourish with Monica and she is at 
Natalie R. Bacon. You can find all the links and resources that Natalie and I mentioned in this episode at monicalouie.com slash 76. And thank you so much for joining Natalie and me today. If you are ready to scale your business with Facebook ads, then check out my free Facebook ad starter kit. You can find that at monicalouie.com slash guide. The starter kit takes you through these six simple steps to creating campaigns that convert. Plus, there's an awesome checklist so you can make sure you've got everything you need before you dive into the ads manager. And if you're like me, then you appreciate a good checklist. If you're interested in learning more about how my team and I might be able to help you with your Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest ads, go to monicalouie.com slash WWM. We have information there about our services. As I mentioned, I'll have all the links and resources that we mentioned today in the show notes, and you can find those at monicalouie.com slash 76. If you found this helpful, please leave a rating and review so that more people can find this podcast. It truly helps get the podcast found by more people. And subscribe so that you can be notified when the next episode comes out. Brand new episodes come out every single Thursday. And next week, I've got another great episode heading your way. 